Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. Man, that was an awesome night. Tonight's an awesome night, man. I'm so excited to be here. Is anybody else excited to be here? Awesome. Awesome. Just a couple of people. Um, you're probably wondering right now, man, there's a lot of stuff that's different right now. You're like, why did we only sing one song? Is this place extremely Baptist where we're about to get out of here in about 20 minutes? Not the case for tonight. We're going to be in here a little bit longer than that, if that's okay. We're going to take just a little bit longer. And uh, uh, some of you know who I am. If you don't, we haven't got to meet yet. Uh, I'd love to meet you. Like, you would do me a privilege just to hang out with you after the service, if that's cool with you. Um, I'd love to talk to you. Um, some of you know that I've been in seminary, and you're kind of like, hey, man, like, what are you bringing to me new? I hope that I can bring you to something that's old, and that's just Jesus, and we're going to keep talking about Jesus, and that doesn't change no matter what school you go to. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm really pumped up to be back. And I've got a couple people up here, and you're like, all right, man, like, is this security? Like, what does this look like? If I did need security, I would call. Two of you one of the first people that I call, because a skinny guy like myself is not going to hold his own. So I've asked, uh, I've asked uh, uh, Graham and Scooter to come up here and help me. And uh, if, if y'all kind of come over here for a second, um, Scooter, will you do me a favor? And if you will lay down with your back on the ground right there, looking up. <laughs> so they, 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 I told them that I wasn't going to embarrass them doing this. And if you know me, um, I don't lie. I just like to be sarcastic. Um, so they're kind of like, does that mean that I'm actually going to get embarrassed? So they just really don't know. Um, it's good. You're killing it, bro. I'm not getting CPR. No, no, no. Yeah, if we can, if we can play out that office scene of CPR, that's what we need. <laughs> you have to harvest the organs before they go back. Um, all right, now, Tui, what you're going to do is if you'll tie on, uh, on Graham's head real quick. Graham, before, before you... Uh, Am I about to waterboard him? No, you're not. You're not. So does anybody know what Topo Chico is? Come on. Yeah. See, your, your mom drinks it. That's why I, I've seen your mom have this... Whenever I, like, I go over, so like Topo Chico, since I moved to Texas, like you can't just buy regular sparkling, sparkling water. It's always Topo Chico. So I got this at Publix. Um, yeah, it's not tighter than that. Um, oh, okay. So this is, this is the opportunity when you always ask the little kids if they can see. And if it's like a fall festival or like it's around Halloween time, they're like, no, I can't see. And they can see like everything. So Graham, can you see? I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So. Um, Graham, I'm about to untwist this, and uh, what we're going to do here is, so Graham, <laughs> Graham's just ready to receive something. He doesn't, he doesn't know how long this is. Okay, Graham, just hold on, just hold on, hold on. All right, here, here, I'm about to put it in your right hand. <laughs> all right, yeah, you got it, all right? Yeah. All right, so Scooter, all right, so everybody sees Graham here, I'm, I'm still with you, okay? All right, so, so Graham can't see a bit, and he's got, uh, he's got a bottle of sparkling water in his hand. Okay, yeah, he's got it. Um, so, what I want you, so Scooter, what I want you to do is you've got to tell Graham how he's going to ring your mouth. Now, you might need to tell him to go towards the stage, like go towards, I'm sorry, towards the audience or closer to your body or like, I want you, Scooter, you tell him how to ring your mouth. So, we're just going to give y'all a second and then you eventually tell him when to pour, all right? Don't get that on. <laughs> You don't have, you, do you have waterproof mascara on right now? I don't have it. <laughs> Take one step forward. Okay. Okay, now squat down. Squat down. Oh, okay. All right, I didn't... Okay. Hold on, hold on. Hold, all right, here, Graham, you can't go any lower. <laughs> You're going to ruin the illustration. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now bring the bottle back to 
down. Now, he'll fit. Oh my God, this is not going to work. At least you could see. <laughs> Towards your right. Go to your right. Oh God. No, go down. All right, guys, I've got a message okay, that. Uh, <laughs> go forward just a little bit. <laughs> All right, Graham, you just got to pour it. <laughs> go with it, Graham. You're going to tilt it. Yeah, you're, you got it. That's going to ring it. That's going to ring. Go, Graham. Go. <laughs> go ahead and ring it, Graham. <laughs> All right, Graham, you're good. All right, Graham, you're good. You're good. All right, that was perfect. Can y'all give them a hand real quick? All right, now perform CPR on him. <laughs> This is sparkling water. This isn't alcohol or anything like that. Like if you were just kind of like on edge for a second. <laughs> Alright, so I'm not going to lie. I, I saw this, uh, this illustration. I saw this illustration on a uh, show. Of, uh, is anybody in here watching Practical Jokers? Okay, wow. Alright, a lot of Christians in the room. man. Y'all are really... That's what, that's what we love to hear. So I was, I was watching it the other day and, and I saw them kind of do this skit right here. And... Uh, Except he was having to pour from about right here. And I mean, it's getting all over this guy's head and everywhere. And, and I, whenever I was watching that, I think I had like a great, like, it was funny that it came through something like that. But I felt like that's how I felt whenever I was about to, like, graduate from here. And I just want to speak just for like, just like literally like one to two minutes on what it feels like to be a leader. And even something like this. And Man, a lot of times, like, you kind of feel blindfolded and you're trying to do what the person on the bottom is like, hey, look, like, this is what I need. Like, I need you to go farther. I need you to come closer. I need you to tilt faster. I need you to pour it. And the whole time you're doing it, you're completely blind to the real situation and you're missing the mark. And all of a sudden, the person on the bottom gets mad really, really, really fast. And the person that you thought that loved you was the person who walked out on you. I don't know if anybody's ever felt like that. You feel like you're trying to satisfy your friend's needs or the people around you. You're trying to just be a good friend. You're trying to pour into them and they're telling you what they, like they're telling you what they need and as you're trying to do it, you're just missing the mark. And honestly, I felt like kind of like if you just wanted like kind of a status update on my life, I feel like I'm kind of preached all that I could preach, man. I was like, man, I've, I've got to preach every Sunday school lesson that I know. Um, God, you're going to have to teach me something. I don't, I don't really know what's, what's next for me. Um, in a sense, I was telling you, some of you guys, when we got to talk before the service started, I was like, man, honestly, I kind of feel like I'm at halftime of my life. Like, I was like, kind of like a college. It's, it's funny, people would come up to me like, hey, Chase, like leader, minister, brother, pastor. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. Just, just Chase, just follower of Jesus. And it's like I went from kind of being like a, a college pastor to now it's like, hold on, halftime, time out. Now you need to go off to school and learn what you need to do to be a college pastor. And I'm like, man, it's just a really weird season of life that I'm in, but I can tell you one thing, that God is still good. God is still teaching me things. Even, I was, again, this is just kind of conversations that I've had with some of you before. I feel like I've had, I had pride in places that I didn't even know that I had. So I don't stand before you as a perfect person. I don't stand before you as a, as a perfect Christian man. Like I said, I, I, God's been tre- teaching me how to be humble in ways that I didn't even know that I needed. So that's just being real. Um, if you came in here and you're perfect, man, you're probably looking around and you're like, why is this place not perfect? And this might not be the place for you, but I feel like the case is that everyone in here has got something they can work on, something that they can look into their heart and, uh, man, really sell, sell that to Jesus. So, uh, man, I, gotta, uh, I was kind of praying about what, I, what God was, it's like, God, what do you want me to tell these people? And, uh, man, I, I kind of heard, heard, I was 
reading and, and something kind of came to me. And, and I don't know if you've ever uh, read this passage or maybe you've read it like myself and you just kind of read it as you like read through a book of the Bible and you never go back to it. And you're just kind of like not really sure what that means. So I'm just going to skip over it. Um, I think that yeah, Mitchell Dean, one of the guys I look up to, he says, you know, you can dig through this Bible, you can dig through it with a rake, and all you're going to get is leaves, or you can dig through it with a, shuff- with a shovel, and you might find some diamonds. So tonight, hopefully we can just take a second, if you've just got, like, man, like maybe 20 minutes for us just to open up the Word, see what God's telling us, and I hope that, man, I hope you'll leave encouraged, I hope that you'll man, maybe learn something from even a dumb guy like me. So um, if you'll open up your Bible, if not, if you don't got a Bible, it's completely cool. Um, if you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, um, Come up to me after the service and we're going to figure that out. Um, Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, and we're going to start in verse 1. Now, there might be some of you that have heard me preach a lot. And uh, it's funny, sometimes people will tell me, they're like, man, like, I kind of hear kind of like through the, through the fence, like, man, Chase preaches the same thing every time. And like, honestly, if you're a pastor and you like preach the word of God, like you're like, that's like encouragement. You're like, man, that means that I'm getting back to the gospel each time that I open up this word. So if you're looking for something other than the gospel, you're not going to get it tonight. So we're just going to keep talking about what Jesus has done. And uh, this is a really cool story that he tells. So he's uh, talking to this group of people. And one of the things that I've learned is, man, maybe God kind of teaches us some things about this Bible if we'll actually watch it like we do a movie. If you just open up your Bible and you open it up to a, a random page and just read there, it, it might fit your situation. But I feel like I can really teach this a lot if we watch it like a, if we read it like a movie. You don't start in the middle of the movie. You start at the beginning, and you read and you read and you read until you get to the end, and then that's the end. And you start to see that you know there's a group of guys that are going around with Jesus this whole time that were just as confused as we are, just as flawed as we are. And he starts to tell them this story. So we're again we're in Matthew chapter 22. We're going to start in verse one. It says Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. So back then, like when, we t- when it says like a banquet, you're like, what exactly does that mean? A banquet had a lot more significance back then. It was a lot more of an ordeal. Sometimes these things went on for days. There was lots of, I mean, it was tons of food, all kinds of stuff. Like these things were a big, big deal. So it's kind of hard to like, like put that in context that this was not just a little get together. This was a, you fed everyone there. They might have come back the next day and the next day, and the next day. It's like a tailgate that never ends. So it says he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. That's weird, isn't it? Like I said, we're going to read this, and I was confused by this passage for a really, really long time. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell them who have been invited, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. They paid no attention and went off, one to the field, another to his business. They rest seized, they rest seized his uh, servants, mistreated them, and killed them. You're like, dude, all this guy was doing was just, a, he was literally like the mailman coming up, and then all of a sudden it's like, like for some reason they killed this guy. And it says, going on, it says that uh, he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their cities. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone that you find. So you can see right here that all of a sudden it's a really weird happening going on right here is that people have been invited. Those people did not come. He sent someone after them to tell them to come and they killed those people that went after them. 
So then he sent, the king sends his army, and he kills them, and you're like, what is going on here, man? This is just somebody getting married. Like, what's going I don't, under, I don't really understand the significance of all this. Then it says, so the servants went out into the streets, gathered all the people they could find, the bad ones as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. So you're like, finally, man, this guy finally gets somebody to show up to his party. I don't know if you've ever been like that. Maybe you're kind of that one friend who invites everybody over and no one ever comes. You're like, hey, man, what do you guys like to watch on Netflix? And they're like, oh, you know, uh, and they'll say something. I don't even know. Somebody shout something out. The Office, absolutely, praise God. So they're like, hey, like, you should just come over and watch The Office, and then all of a sudden people are like, ah, uh, you know, like, ah, uh, uh, next week, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to be sick that day. And you're like, what, do you, what does that even mean? Like, so this guy's like kind of getting fed up, and finally someone comes to his banquet. Somebody comes over to watch The Office with him. But then the king, the king came into to see the king, came, the king came in to see the guest. He noticed a man there not wearing the wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? He even calls him a friend. Then he says, the man was speechless. The king told, it, told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Y'all want to pray with me real quick? God, thank you so much, God, for your word. God, thank you so much for this ministry, God, these people that, uh, God, that come faithfully. God, maybe this is the first time people have been in a really long time, and God, that's, that's good too, God. I, uh, God, we praise you for that. Um, God, I just pray that I'll take a step out of the spotlight, God, that this, uh, God, this message won't be anything about what I put together, God, because, God, we could open up any part of this, this Bible and all of its truth, God, so, God, I just pray that you'll speak through it, God, speak into our circumstance. Uh, God, just, just do what you're going to do, God. We know that uh, it's, it's not about what I say, it's about what the Holy Spirit's going to do, God, so, uh, God, we love you, and we thank you in your name. Amen, amen. So, I don't know if you, if you were kind of following along like as this happens, but like, there's something that's a little confusing going on here. And the reason I kind of picked this text is because I feel like it's me. I feel like it's you. I feel like it's a college student who is a little confused of what just happened. Like, all of a sudden you get invited to this party, and you're like, wow, you know what? I'm a little confused. I'm a little tired. I'm a little hungry, but free food, I'll be there. So this guy just walks up into this banquet, and what happens is, is that he walks in, the guy says, hey man, why are you wearing that? Why don't you have on the right clothes? And some people would preach this, that you, know, you need to dress up and come to church, and I don't really feel like that's what Jesus is saying in this moment. So you're like, hold on, like, so this guy just like, gets invited, like they're going all the way out into the middle of Eufaula, you know, somewhere in the middle, like nowhere, and they finally find this guy who will come to the wedding, doesn't have on the right clothes, so what do they do? They tie him up and they throw him outside. And then if you're like me, like an immature Christian that I feel like I'm trying to develop out of, that I'm trying to re read God's Word and trying to understand exactly what it means and what God's trying to tell me, and I come across Scripture like this and I'm like, God, I don't know what that means. I don't understand like, why this guy got invited to a banquet and no one else would come, but this guy comes and then he kicks him out. They tie him up and they kick him out because he doesn't have on the right clothes. Like, I thought this guy was, I thought the king was desperate at this point. I thought that anybody who was willing to come could just show up as they are. And you'll hear stuff kind of like we'll say in church, like, man, like, come as you are. Absolutely, man, come as you are. But what I think that God is trying to show us, what Jesus is telling these people is that, you know, there's a lot of people 
are being invited into this kingdom, into this kingdom that Jesus has come and come down to earth to build his kingdom, bring God's kingdom down onto this earth. Jesus comes and he's offering this offering of salvation to each and every one of us inside of this room tonight. Each and every one of us in that university. He's offering it to all of us. But there's going to be people who turn him down. How sad is that going to be? There's going to be people who turn him down. Maybe we're just supposed to be the messengers who are supposed to go out and invite those people. Hey man, come and be a part of this kingdom that God has established. This kingdom is not just a worldly kingdom that's here one day and gone the next or we study in history. This kingdom is something that, man, that God is building that's going to last for eternity and we're not willing to open up our mouths about something that's going to last for eternity. We'd rather put our identity in stuff that's here today, gone tomorrow, something that's just gone with the wind. This kingdom of God, man, that He is bringing, that He has invited us into, some of us are going to turn it down. But I think what God is trying to show us in this text right here is Jesus is explaining this. As He's breaking it down, is that, you know what, it's not about really this guy's clothes. What He's trying to say is that when you get invited into this kingdom, how awful would it be if you stayed exactly the same as when you got there? What if you never changed clothes? What if God invited you and He sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross, the place that we should have been, the sin that, you know, that we put Him up on that cross? That's what we did. We put Him up on that cross, our sin, so that He could bring God's kingdom onto this earth. So that anyone who accepts it will have eternity with Him. And what He's saying is that how bad will the day be when we stand in front of God one day How awful would it be when our friends that we're not willing to have conversations with, how awful would the day be whenever we don't say anything? So when this time comes, when this time comes and He's saying, you know, what what do you mean that I never knew you? You never changed. You looked exactly the same way. That's what He's saying is that it's not about clothes. It's not about the way that this guy exactly looked. I hope that you're following this is that this guy showed up And he didn't change a thing. Nothing changed about him. That he came in just as they invited him. And it's like, once you come in and once you taste this water, this holy water, it changes everything inside of you. When you have an encounter with Jesus, a genuine encounter, it doesn't just allow you to stay the same because it's so hard when I run into college students. Man, like, I just want to, like, pose this question to you because it's one of those that really hurts my heart is because... What if I were to ask you tonight, what if I were to ask you tonight, you know, in five years, what would you say about your college life? In five years, what would you say about it? Lots of us would, lots of us would probably tell that person, tell myself, you know, well, I got this degree. I was in this fraternity or sorority. I was with this friend group. I was in this leader of this, this position of leadership. I was doing this and I was doing that. Man, what hurts my heart and why I just feel like, man, this age group is what God is going to use to fuel the church going forward, man. Because the thing is, is that whether you like it or you're not, you're growing up. The church needs you. I just want to ask you, when you look back in five years and you look back on your college years, did you have on the same clothes as you did when Jesus called you? Five years later, you still got on the same sin. You still got on the same struggle. You still got all this on you. You haven't actually given it all to Jesus. And what Jesus is saying is that I love you so entirely much that I didn't just sin. I didn't just go to the cross to die for you. 
I actually know what's better for you. You can leave that behind you. You don't have to continue to live the same way that you've always lived. And this is what he's trying to show us is that, you know, he loves us so much that we can't stay the same. He changes each and every part. So as we start to look at life differently, whenever we have Jesus inside of our heart, inside of our soul. So if I were to ask you, what did you do in college? In five years, I'm going to ask you, what did you do in college? So many times, even just people that have been out for a year, they're just like, man, I wish that I got more involved. I wish I would have talked to more friends. I wish I would have had that conversation. I wish I would have gone to church a little bit more. I wish I had been plugged in to pursue a little bit more. Man, it breaks my heart. Because there's some of us that are in this room right now, and that is our narrative. That is our narrative. Like in five years, we're going to look back on this moment, this moment right here, right now, and we're going to say, man, I wish that me right here, I wish that I would have done more. I wish that I wouldn't have just shown up because I think it's crazy that this guy actually shows up and he's, he's in the right place. He's got the right invitation, but nothing's changed inside of him. Nothing's changed outside of him. Man, so if we're going to come in here, we're going to do this thing. If we're going to do, if we're, we're going to be the church, like, man, are we just going to continue to come the same entirely way and not affect anybody? Like, can I just be real with you for a second? I mean, we can look back and see how many seats are open. And, you know, God works through small amounts of people, and he works through big amount of people. But, man, you know what? The mission field is still there. Troy University still has people that still don't know Jesus. You know, we don't just need pursuit. We need more ministries. We need more Christians doing what we're supposed to do, going out there and telling people about Jesus, having uncomfortable conversations. Because I don't want to show up in front of God one day wearing the same exact clothes as I did before I knew him. Because this kingdom that we're building, because I love you so much, whether we know each other, we don't know each other. Whether we're friends directly or maybe we know somebody, I love you so much that I'm willing to have a conversation that has eternal weight to it. Because I want you part of this kingdom. I want you part of God's kingdom. I don't want you to be a part of the world's kingdom. Because the world kingdom, it doesn't end very well. And I love you so much that no matter how much you've struggled, I know a God that has grace so abundantly that will reach down into that very corner that you didn't even know that you had sin rooting out of. He can reach there and He can touch there. He can save there. Come be a part of this kingdom. I want to call this message, I know I've kind of preached through about half of it, I want to call this message, Building Something That Lasts. Building Something That Lasts. This Jesus thing, it changes your whole life. So I guess the next question is, you know, I'm... You know, we talked about, man, you're going to look back on this day and you're going to say, you know, I wish I would have done more with, you know, 2019 Chase. I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have had more conversations. wish I would have talked about Jesus more. I wish I would have talked about stuff that actually mattered. I guess the next question is, how do we allow God to build a faith inside of us that lasts? Because for some of us, the only thing that's Anything to do with faith that lasts any longer than just a conference or maybe just a Thursday when you come to Pursuit or a Sunday when you go to church, man, some of us, the only part of us spiritually that lasts is our Instagram bio. We've got a Bible verse in there, and that's the only thing that's consistent in our life. We haven't picked up our Bible each and every day. We haven't said, God, what can you show me? See, I'm not trying to show up to God one day. I'm not trying to get into that kingdom wearing the same clothes that I did before I knew him. I don't care what my Instagram bio says. What does my relationship with Jesus say? Can we just, like, you can shout me down all you want to, but can we just analyze our hearts for a second? 
Because some of us are going to be really easy to hear messages like this and just point to the person next to us, or I brought this guy, I'm kind of doing that. This is an area where we can all improve. Building a faith that will last. Not one that's here one day, gone the next. When somebody makes fun of me, when somebody turns me down, they're like, oh man, you don't, you don't, you don't drink, drink? Like, you, don't like, you don't like party, party? It's like, you know, man, I actually, Jesus is changing me. And the things that I used to love, I now hate. And the things that I hate, I now love. That's what kind of God I serve. He can flip the whole script. So how do we build a faith? How do we allow God to build a faith in us that'll last? For being honest, man, I, I feel like lots of times when I'm reading the Bible, I feel like uh, reading it and I feel like I'm kind of reading a whole bunch of rules. I feel like I'm reading like Jesus tells me this rule and this rule. And man, this guy's kind of being a little bit of a bummer. Like, like, dude, like, can we not have any fun around this joint? Like, man, like one more thing I can't do. One more thing I can't do, man. This place is no fun. And it's really, if, if, you look at, if you look with the right lens and you start to look at it the wrong direction, from the wrong angle, you can start to read this Bible as only rules of things that you cannot do. And that when you do, you're going to get punished. You can read the Bible like that, but I want to tell you about a God that actually, He doesn't give us rules to punish us. God gives us rules because He knows what's best for us. That's what kind of God we serve. Let me give you an example, like because I feel like that was kind of a little confusing. All right, our God does not give us like laws and rules. He does not tell us things so that when we mess up that He is going to punish us. God gives us a standard so that when we, we don't hit below that standard so that when we hit above that, because He knows what's better for us. Let me give you an example. So we're in college. Let's just be completely real. And I live in Texas now, so I don't care about talking about uncomfortable stuff. Sex before marriage. Let's talk about it, man. There's only about 30 or 40 of us in here. You know what? God knows sex so well that he created it. He created it, so he knows a little bit about this topic. When I read the Bible and it says, you know, man, like, like you should hold off, like, don't have sex before marriage. Like, let that be the, the wedding gift. I think that we can see this play out. Like, even if you're not a Christian here tonight, I'm so proud that you're here, man. Like, you made a very courageous step to be here tonight. You're like, man, what is this guy going with this? So we can look at just the United States. We can look at the divorce rate. We know that when we don't build on a solid foundation, God, God's got this thing all set up. He's saying, you know, something like sex, I want to give that to you as a gift for marriage. And when we mess up that gift, I wonder, I, you can't really do any kind of research, but if were we to look at like, man, who, who kind of messed up the wedding gift before the marriage, got things out of whack, and we wonder why things don't work well when they don't have the right foundation. If we're going to build a foundation that lasts, we start to look at what Jesus tells us, the laws that he gives us, the rules that he's given us. And the cool thing is that he actually takes the bar and he moves it even farther up because Jesus knows what's even better for you. He's not saying don't just forgive someone this amount of times, forgive them this amount of times. Some of you might be sitting here and you're like, man, you know, I've already, I've already had sex. Like, does that mean that God hates me? God does not hate you. God loves you so, so much. This is the God that I serve is that no matter what you have on when you meet Jesus, then when you come into his kingdom, I want to look better. God does not hate you. We all fall short of the glory of God. So if you're a sinner, hey man, join the club. That's what we're doing in here is we're trying to see how we can get more and more like this Jesus that sets the standards. So we're not going to read the Bible and look at these rules like they're just ways to punish us. I read the Bible and I see that, you know what, a God that loves me so much that He gives me these rules and these standards because He knows what's best for me. That's what kind of God I serve. 
I serve a God that, you know, he knows what's so, he knows what's best for you, that he doesn't want you to wear the same stuff. He doesn't want you to have the same sin in your life and then carry that all the way to, he's like, man, I want you to change. I want you to let me get in that part that's really hard to talk about. That part about, you know, where you got abused as a kid, where you, you know, there's a, there's a boyfriend or girlfriend that did something to you really, really bad that it's still really hard to just choke up the confidence to talk about. That's the part that Jesus wants to reach in and say, you know what? I still love you. That's the kind of Jesus that we serve. That's the kind of Jesus that we serve. He doesn't give us laws. He doesn't give us rules to punish us because the Creator knows what's best for His children. He wants to give us what's best for us. Next thing I want to talk about is building a faith that lasts is going to require serving. This is when lots of Christians like to kind of cash out. Like, you know what, man? The Word was good. But you know what? If nobody's paying me, you know, man, i got stuff to study for. I've got friends to meet up with. Building a faith that lasts is one that requires serving. A lot of times I hear, man, when college students and I get to, uh, I'm here myself, is speaking to you as a college student, lots of times I hear people talk about it, they're like, man, I just can't find a church to get plugged into. Just can't find a church, man, nothing really feels right. Nothing really feels like this is like, that's where I'm supposed to be. If you're looking for a perfect church, you don't need to go there because you're going to ruin it. Because you're not perfect. Don't stop looking. Stop looking for this perfect church. Maybe someone just as imperfect as you is going to fit in into an, into an imperfect church. And you need to be that difference. Maybe you need to start helping out here. Maybe you just need to start saying, you know what? I'm going to show up and I'm going to start praying over each and every one of these seats. I don't know how to do much, but I can do that. I can set up chairs. I can set up stuff outside. I can meet someone each and every time that I come in here. I can meet somebody and say, hey man, like, I know you don't really know who I am, um, but dude, I just feel like God's really doing something in my life, and for some reason I just kind of felt like God kind of put, put you on my heart tonight, and I just want to know if you maybe want to go get some coffee or something like that, just talk about what God's doing. Man, it's crazy what God can do through situations just like that. If we're building a faith that's, that's going to last, it's going to require us serving, because you know, you can just get poured into and poured into Man, if you're not pouring out, man, you're, you're messing up this system. You're messing up what God has called us to do. Man, I just pray that for each and every one of us, we're not, messing, we're not missing that little part where it's like, hey, we need to go out and actually serve and actually be, because like I said, this is the part where we like to check out. See, I, I read a book by Francis Chan, and he starts to compare. I'll give you a little bit of context. So what's happening in the world right now, go, go big with me, go big with me. Everybody say go big. Oh, man, we're going to see yo big. You know what I'm saying? Like there's people on Instagram that have like CEO in their bio, and I'm like, oh, what? Like, like CEO? Like, really? Like, like, you're barely employed. Like, what do you mean CEO? So, like, let's go big for a second. So what's happening in the world right now when it comes to Christianity is, man, you've got Europe who sadly has, man, the church has just begun to die and die and die. Man, if you went over there right now and you were trying to find something kind of like this, it'd be really, really tough to find this. That's what Europe looks like right now almost spiritually dead. They've, they've gone the way of the world. That's what it looks like. That's just the truth of it. Okay, so you're like, all right, where is he going with this? So what's really cool, man, is that over in Africa and in China, we're seeing something in Christianity that we've never seen before. There is like literally Christian outbreaks that are happening in models just kind of like this. 
It's not like the actual like, like church building. People are like meeting in houses and they're just inviting their friends and all of a sudden it's like, you know, we got too many people at my house. Like, hey, will you start doing it into your house? And all of a sudden like 20 more people show up. And then over and over and over again, China and Africa are exploding when it comes to church growth. So right now what we've got to decide here in Troy, Alabama, in the United States, is which, which route do we want to go? Like, which part of the kingdom do we want to be a part of? Do we want to be a part of the kingdom that's eternal? Or we want to be a part of the kingdom that's here one day and gone the next? We, get, we have that option right here, right now. And I believe that God's working in a revival just like He has each and every time through history. Right when we thought that, you know, every door was closed, we serve a God that doesn't just open up doors and close doors. He creates them. He creates them just like He created this ministry. I mean, it's, there's this thing, this, this God that, man, He shows up time and time again. So we've got this choice. You know, are we going to be Christians? Francis Chan, as he talks about, he says, you know, church has turned a lot into like a movie theater where everybody just kind of shows up. You don't talk to the person next to you. You just watch what's in front of you. When the film is over, then you leave. And you talk about how good it was, and then you go back to doing whatever you were doing the rest of the week. Does that sound like the American church to you? It's kind of sad, isn't it? So all I guess that I'm proposing to us, me and you, is that, you know what, if we're trying to go down a different route, because we know what it looks like in 20 years. We can either be the prosperous man, seeing God do amazing things in China and Africa, or we can be like the European church that I remember my, my pastor showed a picture of a picture of this church on the outside. Beautiful stained glass, man, stained glass windows. And you're just like, man, that place is awesome. I'd love to put some, you know, some LED lights in there at night and just see how awesome it looked up against the stained glass. And, and he shows the picture inside of there and it's turned into a skate park. It's just cheap real estate. We've got a choice. Are you going to serve or are you just going to keep coming? Are you just going to keep watching the movie? You're not going to talk to anybody next to you? You're going to keep quiet? Shh. Something's going on. Are we actually going to pick up this, man? Because if we're going to build a faith that lasts, and we're not going to look back in five years and look back, it requires a serving. That's what it is, man. It requires a serving. Keep coming, getting fed. Man, go find somebody, whether it's here or whether it's there. And it needs this Jesus. It requires serving. Moving right along, moving right along. So there's this, uh, there's kind of this funny thing that's going on too. That's like, uh, you know, what, what's, what, I, don't, I was trying to think of where I wanted to kind of go with this. So, you know, like I said, you've got kind of these. It, it's funny how you've got like these big groups of Christians, these small groups. Let me just encourage you real quick. If we're going to build a faith that lasts, check out what Jesus did. Jesus would preach to the thousands, perform miracles so that all of them could eat and that all of them could drink. He would perform miracles, preaching the word. What he would do next is then he had his 12 disciples and they'd go to the other side of the lake. Then they'd get over to the other side of the lake and he'd take the three of them that were the closest to him. And that's where he would talk. What I'm telling you tonight is that, you know, it's cool to come do things like this. All of us get together. But man, who's your friend group are we taking this jesus that we keep hearing about are we going to take it back to our friend group are we going to take it back to the one or two people that maybe live in our apartment with us that we are the very closest to like we serve a jesus that wants to be a part of every part of your life not just show up this is a let me take it back to my friends type of good this kingdom it's crazy. God created this whole, like, the people in China, the people in Africa, but He wants to know what's going on in your soul. So what I want to ask you is, who do you laugh with? 
Who do you cheer on? Who cheers for you? Who do you cry with? That's the kind of people I want in my life. I don't want people that are just in my corner when things are good, when you're in the spotlight and you got the microphone. I don't want people that are in my corner when I'm like, man, you know what? God's teaching me this crazy lesson right now, and I don't know really why it's right now. But for some reason, He took me from what I thought that I loved so much that I could never leave it, this ministry, and He put me in Texas, and He's teaching me this thing called humility. And humility is something that is really tough to love. I'm like, God, what are you, what are you doing? Who are you taking that hard part to talk about? Who are you taking that to? Let's take it back. Let's don't just just leave it in this big room right here and not talk about it, man. Here we go. We live in, I just want to point this out. This is the reason that we don't really like to get deep or have those deep conversations. You know, the reason that we don't like to do that is because we live in an Instagram identification culture. Like I said, we, we, like to, we like to put, you ever pulled up somebody's Instagram and it's like I said, like CEO, innovator, husband, wife, you know, you start like reading, you're like, holy crap, how is this guy like a part of this many clubs or organizations? Like innovator, like of what? Like, like what does that exactly mean? I don't really understand. Innovator, like you're just kind of like, come on, man, like throw me a bone. Innovator, like anybody could be an innovator. We live in this world, man, where we've got Finstas, we've got fake Snapchat accounts, We've got Tinder, man. We've got Bumble. We've got all these places that you can go be somebody that no one else will know who you are. You want to know why it's hard to get deep with people around us right now? It's because you don't even know if you're looking at the person who is actually that person. You're like, you know what? I think you're this person, but I'm not really sure. And like to get to that deep of level where it's like, wait, so you've got this whole other thing that you do and that's actually you because it's the part of you that has no makeup on, that posts all the funny stuff, all the stuff that's like, well, how you actually feel about somebody. Like, what if we as Christians were known for being the most real people that people run across? Because like that's the kind of kingdom that, that I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a real kingdom, not part of a kingdom that just kind of sounds good, that's fluff. I want to be a part of a real kingdom where I can pull up, hey, like, man, you're a Christian. Let me tell you what God's been doing in my life. You know what? He's been doing a lot of good things, but he's also been teaching me a lot that's hard to learn. That's the kind of kingdom that he's calling us into. Man, are we going to show up to God one day with those same clothes on? Say, nah, man, I never knew you. How awful would that day be? Instagram identification culture. That's what we live in right now. We're going to get real. We're going to break it down. And we're going to say, you know what? This is who I actually am. This is what I actually struggle with. And because I love you, I know that you're not just going to run around and tell that. And if you do, I'll just know that you're not one of my real friends. Some of us need to maybe just check our inner circle tonight. Jesus continually pulls away smaller and smaller and smaller. And he says, what do you actually think? Ask me the questions. Ask me the questions that are tough. What's bothering you right now? What are you thinking right now? That's the Jesus that I serve. Coming to a close, guys. I want to tell you a little bit about a story, man. So, like, if we want to to know what it looks like when we allow Jesus to build a faith in us that lasts. I I thought about this, Grandma. I don't even know if you remember uh, when we went to D.C., Went to Washington, D.C., man, you know, we, uh, we, we went up there and you, you, there's so, I, I like, I've been to New York City and I've been to D.C. And I, and I like New York because there's a little bit more of like stuff to do that it's like kind of fun whenever you're like, I don't even know, we were, I was probably like 10. So like you're walking through and you're seeing all these like statues of dead people and you're just like, wow, this is great when you're in D.C. <laughs> there's not much that you run across that a 10-year-old guy would be like, man, that is awesome. <laughs> so you're kind of walking around and you're seeing everything. But I remember me and Graham spotted out 
spotted out this lady that, has anybody in here ever seen like 101 Dalmatians? All right, you know how that lady's got like on half of her head, it's black hair and then half of it's white hair? All right, so me and Graham spot, you know, like we've seen that movie, you know, probably on repeat, like quoting it like all the time. And we see this lady who like doppelganger to the T. Will somebody shout her name real quick? My mom told me that, and I was like, I'm not going to butcher that in front of everybody. So y'all heard what they said. So there's this character, if you don't know who it is, she's got like half black hair, half white hair, and she's kind of like the villain. And so like, like immediately me and Graham were like, that woman is evil. Like we're not going in the same museum as that lady. And it was funny, though, because we saw this lady. Me and Graham identified her like super quick. And then like we saw her, like we like went to the McDonald's and like, there she was. And it was like, dude, Graham, you better like like keep an eye over your shoulder because like, she was the bad guy in the movie. I don't know if this is the same person, but like just, to be, like, just to be sure. So what would happen is then like the next day, I kid you not, we probably saw this lady. I'm not going to try, I'm going to try not to exaggerate, but I know it was two days back to back. And in the city of D.C., you're like, that's weird. And I want to say it was three, but I'm just going to stick to two. I think it was two days. We kept seeing this lady, and each time, like, I would bump Graham, or I would bump my mom, or bump my dad, but hey, there she is. There she is, like, say her name again, uh... Yeah, yeah, there she is again. Like, like at, that, at that point in my life, you know, Disney Plus just came out and I hadn't got to wrap around to that movie again, but it's coming. And then I'm going to be able to tell you, I'll be like, hey, man, that guy, that lady's name. <laughs> but I remember we would go around and we would see this lady like, like two days, I know for a fact. You know, if we started to like let Jesus, if we let him build a faith in us that will last, not just the time that, you know, that you might be in a sorority or maybe just a semester, or the time that you're helping out with a D now or a conference that you're at. What about a faith that will last your entire life where you're learning something each and every time? We'll start to become like that lady, not like a villain, but like someone that they see and they're like, you know what? There goes that person again. There goes that Christian paying for somebody's food again. There goes that person over there listening to someone as they bawl their eyes out and tell about how bad their life is. There goes that person cheering on someone that's in their class. What if, what if we were that as Christians? Every time that someone saw, they're like, they're turning around, they're like, man, there goes that Christian again. There he goes paying for that person's meal, paying for that person's coffee. If we want a faith in us that lasts, man, I think that's what it looks like. Because it's not always the people who get the microphones and the stages, man. It's the people that are just like each and every one of you. To say, you know what? I don't got much. I live out in the country like this guy did in this story. You know, he's just waiting for this invite. He's waiting for someone to come and invite him. He's working his tail off and I feel like somebody invites him. And he says, you know what? I'm broke. He's probably tired. He says, free food. You know what? I'm a college student. I'll go. So now that you've got the invitation, now that you've heard this good news, if we want to build a faith that lasts, we start looking like that lady who had half black hair, half white hair. Everywhere. It's like, man, there goes that guy again. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad he seems to do on that test, man. God is still good. Doesn't matter how many times it seems like his friends walk away from him. He's still got a smile on his face, man. Even when times are tough, he's still got those three that he pulls aside. He says, you know what, man? Life is really tough right now, but I know that my God is still good and that I'm a part of a kingdom that is eternal. It doesn't matter what I made on that test. It doesn't matter what friend walked out of my life. It doesn't matter what boyfriend or girlfriend told me something that didn't end up being true. I serve a God that I get to be a part of a kingdom that's going to last. That's what kind of faith that I want. That's the kind of faith that I hope that each and every one of us want. It's not just a faith, man, that helps out at a D-Now or shows up to a conference. Man, I want a faith that lasts. 
I want a faith that lasts. This is the last thing that I want to leave with you guys. Y'all can come on back up. Some of you might be thinking, you're like, man, you know, like, dude, Chase, I, I want to. I've wanted to for a very, very, very long time. I've wanted this faith because I'm really tired of just showing up to pursuit or showing up to that conference and showing up to church. And I feel like everything, everything in my life, I feel like, every, like all my sin just gets flushed out. It doesn't take very long for that bucket to fill right back up with crappy stuff in my life. You know what? It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be scary. It doesn't matter how many times you messed up. Because you're going to mess up. Hear that? You're going to mess up. But there's grace for that too. This kingdom, man, that we serve, man, this kingdom that we get to be a part of, man, there is grace for that. You've messed up in a relationship? Hey, man, come join the club. You've had friends walk out of your life? Hey, come join the club. You've done some stuff that you're not proud of last weekend? Hey, come join the club. Because you know what? We're all falling short. But you know what? I'm building a faith that lasts because it doesn't matter about my mess-ups. It matters about what Jesus did on that cross. That's the kind of kingdom that I serve. That's the kind of kingdom that I'm a part of. So let me read you something that is going to convict you to the point that I pray that you can't just sit still. That you, I pray that you can't just continue to be the same Christian that you've always been. So this is Paul writing a letter to the Philippians. This is going to be in chapter 1, verse 29. Paul's, he's either in, like a, in a prison or he's under like house arrest. Like he's in trouble. And what's crazy about this, this is what he writes, just one little verse. He says, For it has been granted to you, you Philippians, you Troy University, you Pursuit Ministries, it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, not only to believe in Him, but to also suffer for Him. Now, I don't know of a Christian that can read that right there, a true, genuine Christian that can read that it's not just okay for me just to believe in Jesus, not to just believe that He is the Christ. It's saying that we have been gifted, like we have been granted this opportunity, this benefit that we get to suffer for Him. This is the kind of God that I serve. This is the kind of God that suffered for me. So the only thing that I can do in response to that is to suffer for him. So if that means that people are going to walk out of my life, if that means that people are going to do me dirty, let them do me dirty, God, because I get to suffer for you. That's just a little bit of a glimpse of what you did for me on that cross. For some of us, I think I need to treat it just one more time. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to also suffer for Him. To suffer for Him. Not just to come to church, not just to come to pursuit, to suffer for Him. So make that drive and go get somebody who says, you know what, I don't really know if I'm going to come. Make that bank account suffer a little bit. Pay for somebody's meal. Suffer for Him. In that classroom, when it seems like no one else is standing up for what's right, when it seems like everyone else is getting put down, man, us as Christians, we stand for people that don't even believe the same things that we believe. That's what kind of God we serve. We know that our God is so good and that the Holy Spirit speaks into people's lives like we can't even do that, even if they don't believe the same thing that we do. You know what? I'm willing to suffer for Him. Who in here? It's not just about believing in Him. It's not, that's, that's okay, that's good. But I don't want to show up in front of God one day. I want to hear... 
Well done, my good and faithful servant. Not turn away, I never knew you. That's what kind of God I serve. That's the kind of kingdom that I'm a part of. Last thing I'm going to say. Last thing. This gift has been granted to you, man, to suffer for you. If we're going to build a faith that lasts, we build it on a foundation where grace does not run out and love continues to pour out. Can I get an amen? Amen. If we are going to build a faith that lasts, we build it on a foundation. We build it on a person named Jesus Christ where grace does not run out and love continues to pour out. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.